Okay. Are you ready? Yep. I'm Amy Tanya Zhao, a Chinese living in America. You want me to call you Amy, or do you want me to call you Tianyi? And I'm Meg, an American who is about to marry into a Chinese family. It allows people to have an eye into who we are as people and how we find our own identity in the world. We're the hosts of this world. A podcast that explores what it means to traverse between cultures and shares stories that intersect Chinese and American culture to interrupt cultural barriers and create connections. Okay. Hey, Amy. Hello. How's it going? Good. Um, well, the first episode that we have for the second season, we had a guest on. Yes. The second one, we're going to bring another guest that is even more dear to our heart. Yes. Today, I'm very excited to introduce our guest. So he is a University of Utah S.J. Quinney School of Law graduate, a prosecutor in the state of Montana. He is my new husband and the reason that Amy and I met. (laughs) Congratulations on passing your bar and you know just everything yes yes yes, oh, yes. um thank you yeah my name is uh hao chen wang i'm uh meg's husband and um happy to uh be interviewed um <laughs> uh, by meg and amy we're happy to have you um and i wrote up this little like background, just so everybody has kind of an idea about who you are. And so um, just to introduce my new husband further, he came to America for the first time as an exchange student at the age of 15. And from that moment on, whether he realized or not, he began to build a dual life between China and the United States, coming not only bilingual, but bicultural and finding his own place in the world while balancing life between cultures. So, um, yeah, just to back up a little bit too, we only got married at the end of August after the roller coaster that is planning a wedding in the year of 2020. And we'll get to that probably in a little bit. But I just want to say, like, this year has been a really big year for you. Um I feel like your story has arrived at a place where your years of what might seem like struggle um, and then also resilience and perseverance as an exchange student in America have transformed into realized dreams and goals. And yeah. And, and I know I'm your wife, but I'm constantly inspired by your story and knowing all that you've overcome and persevered through to be here, um, to do the job that you do, to live the life that you live now, um, constantly leaves me in awe when I think about it It really does. And so, um, a few, well, more than a few weeks ago now, um, we found out that you officially passed the bar exam and I asked you if you'd come onto the podcast, um, to talk with Amy and I, um, because like I mentioned before, and like you mentioned before, you are the reason that we met. You are the reason like one of the main reasons why the spark exists. And so I, I'm not that I'm trying to insert myself in the story in any way. Please. So I think, you know, he, uh, when he introduced himself, I think even though we knew each other, we heard of each other for years. Right. I never really met him when, after I grew up until, um, 2018 summer and 
I met him because my it's an interesting background story was that my parents were their parents best friends for almost 20 years um so it's actually a very interesting relationship in that regards and I remembered when I it was during my um family vacation I met him on the dinner table when my family were taking vacation and it was the last day of us in uh, the city of Nanchang and then my parents friend told us that their son was going to bring his girlfriend who just came from the states and but like I thought about all kind of possibilities in addition to the fact that she's actually an American Um, that was how we met right right yeah, that that was kind of interesting, um, for sure. Taking Meg to China the first time. Um, well, it's it's definitely a, a culture shock to her, but it's also a um, pretty unique experience to me as well, having her there. And um, obviously, um, couples like us are not uh, as common. And uh, yeah, and when we, especially when we go to um, more rural areas of China, they um, there's less developed where, where um, there's less foreigners. The locals um, would definitely um, pay more attention to us, mm-hmm. for sure. But nonetheless, that's uh, kind of the case in the United States as well. Um, yeah, especially in Montana, you know. We had a uh, pretty interesting encounter yesterday oh. in um, actually the second, well, in Missoula. We can say Missoula. Um, where the, we're in the pet store getting dog food, and this old lady just came to me and she's like, Oh, Dylan, Dylan, how are you? And my name is not Dylan. And <laughs> I was very shocked and I looked at her and and I was like, no, I'm sorry. I just made her realize she she was um not she she was actually not well I wasn't what she was she thought. And that exact kind of scenario actually um I have explained to Meg before, but I think that's the first time she actually experienced it herself. But do do, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Do you want to shine in? Yeah, I think like um it's an interesting thing to think about. I mean, like the whole experience of us being together and you bringing me to China for the first time. And then, I mean, it's only uncovered further and further, like some of the nuances that can come along with um, our relationship. And I think a lot of the time, sometimes those kinds of things go over my head, or at least they did before. And I think like the longer we've been together, um, the more my eyes are opened up to to different things like that. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting experience. And I think I've learned a lot too, like understanding like why, um, why that would be offensive to you. And like yesterday I passed Petco's experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because more like not, not like really offensive because like she didn't, she didn't intend to do no harm, but it was just, um, definitely, um, a little frustrated and it, it always happens in public places exactly. and then you're like and the thing is yesterday she was like 
you two look just you, 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 you he looks just like you or something like that i'm like no that's not true like you, you can't say that you know like mm-hmm. that's not an excuse that that made it sound yeah. worse yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. Yeah. but it's i mean i understand like there's actually a research done that if you don't grow up with certain ethnic of people like there you just have trouble like recognize the face in that certain you know cultural group but it's it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see it yourself and experience it mm-hmm. i think we've had many experiences um since we've been together that are like that too but i one thing i wanted um bring the conversation to since we were talking about the night that we met is Amy and I have shared on this podcast what that was like for us from our perspective but I don't think personally I've ever heard what it was like for you Mm -hmm. from your perspective and I would love to I would love to hear what that night was like from your lens um from where you were sitting um what that was like to bring to bring me home to meet your family Mm -hmm. and then and also to just be in your position that night at the dinner table, because for a little bit of a background, if you're um, trying to remember back to the first episode, Amy, besides besides Hao Ching, um, Amy was the only other person at the table who spoke English and that who I could speak with. Um, and that was interesting because at that table, I wasn't supposed to have anybody that could speak English besides besides Hao Chang that night. And then you were there, Amy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we slipped away into our own conversations, but Amy and I have talked about it before how, and Amy described this to me in the moment that night about how once we started talking, Amy and I, it was kind of your responsibility to, um, to kind of take on the conversation of the table. So we, I would just love to hear like what, what that whole experience was like for you bringing me home and then what it was like at that dinner that night for you. Well, certainly I didn't, it didn't occur to me till, um, just now that it was my responsibility to carry the conversations, but <laughs> I get where you're coming from. But, um, honestly, it, it was, it was a good experience for sure. Um, overall, um, I, 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 earlier I talked about like, you know, uh, certain things that might not appear to be positive, but it was it was a very positive experience. Um, first of all, like bringing it home it was it was good because uh, for you 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 were pretty easy. You're like very accepting and very open to um, to my culture and um, as well as my family and friends and etc. And and vice versa, you know. Um, my my family is very open, accepting their, I would say, um, relatively westernized um, uh, compared to, you know, most of families in China, of course. Um, my, my grandpa had um, been in the States um, in the 80s and 90s, and my parents have been... Um, to Western countries and, you know, they, they kind of, um, they kind of get it. And, you know, they, 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 
I think they like the they they like the idea of um you know they're they're westernized let let's just put it that way and so 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 both sides is willing to accept one another so that made it very easy for me and also like you know I'm loved by both sides but by you and my family and you know my friends so you know they naturally want to accept you and the last of all like china overall like contrary to a lot of people's beliefs are extremely open to um foreign people and uh western ideas and you know people would well back in the days you know they say like um when when um I don't know how, well, how how am I supposed to describe this? Um, it's just you know the, the, they see opportunity connecting with the Western world, um, either through commerce or education or um, exchange of ideas or etc. Yeah. Were you nervous to bring me to meet your parents? Um, no, no, because like I said, you know, I know both sides are open to the idea and yeah I know. well they're easy and and also like the lack of communication the lack of uh you know perfect communication yeah. sometimes will leads to uh the lack of conflict or that's what your mom said yeah that's yeah. what my mom says <laughs> for sure that's nice i mean i think my questions are more um, I, t- I, I can totally see that you had a great experience, but I think I have two questions in regards to what you, what, what you just said. Uh, I think first of all, because I think communication is always a big stress of where my families come are coming from, because as open oh, as yeah, they yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Um, as open as they are, I think they what they're afraid of or one thing that they're worried about is that i don't know if it's because it comes it came from the place where i'm a girl so they're more worried or whatever i don't know but i think they always say you know if your partner doesn't speak chinese we can't protect you like you're facing a completely different world um uh yeah before um sorry to interrupt but no don't for before it. my um Megan and I were married, or like I have brought Meg back to China. My my parents have always told me that, you know, they wish in case you know I find yeah. someone who who don't speak English. Oh, I mean, don't speak Mandarin. They would at least hope they would try. My spouse would learn and you know be able to communicate. And Meg has Meg has t- you know taking some classes. You know, is far from perfect, but um she's making that ma- making the effort yeah taking that yeah. step and that's what was important of course was learning any language the most important thing is having the environment uh to be able to submerge in into the language environment and is is I'm, I'm responsible for a lot of it because for me it's just difficult for me to facilitate that mandarin speaking development for meg yeah it's obviously easier for us to communicate in english yeah 
and that's kind of an interesting dilemma. But I hope one day if we um gets to move back and live in China, yeah, and when when there's that natural environment, it would be、mm. very helpful. That's very interesting because um I I know that we dive straight into the relationship part, but I kind of want to also my second question was um. Would you say that Chinese people are extremely open? Not that I don't agree, but I think when we talk about that openness, I always I couldn't help but wonder to myself: Is that open as for like liaoqi? You know,、mm-hmm. like hunting for differences, hunting for freshness. It's different. It's basically curiosity. This, yeah, the curiosity in a way that when a bunch of Asian people see one. White person, like when you see someone, some individual that is significant, significantly different from you, is that kind of openness, or is that we really are here? I, 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 seek... I definitely see where you're、yeah. coming from. Absolutely, but a lot of time you have to look at the roots of it. You know, yeah, America is a country of diversity. But, yes, um,、uh, there's definitely more um homogenous. In in Asia, in Eastern Asia,、um, mm-hmm. especially in China, you know, no, totally, there, yeah. There's you know the the minor the cultural minorities, but it's very different to see a, a you know a Caucasian person, or, yeah, you know, in yeah,、African、definitely person. So, but now there's more. So there's more、um, uh, foreign residents, people residing in China, a lot more expats, especially、yeah. in the coastal cities and you know the larger metropolitan cities, and people are starting to be you know realize it's just norm. But yeah, you know, in my hometown in Nanchang, for the people who don't know, is although it's the capital city of Jiangxi Province, it's yeah not considered a. A, a a a large city is、um, probably considered what would be considered a third tier city is what they call it.、Um, but you know nowadays, in I haven't been back. We haven't been back for a few years. But you know, I felt like there was still a pretty good level of acceptance, and people、mm-hmm. just like, yeah, like we we have seen it until like more. We we get into more rural areas. I feel like we definitely、uh, attract a lot more attention for sure. Yeah, definitely. Oh, in both countries, definitely. Yeah, that, and that that was my point in both countries.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think I I mean, um, and then that led me to another question that I'm very curious about. So, do you think that dating someone from a different culture as Much as I know that you had a great experience, do you think that it always put you in the position where you have to explain things? Because I know, not that, really, really. I, well, I felt like I don't have any explanation to do. You know, like, yeah, to like、um, the surroundings. I mean, not to Meg. <laughs> 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 like, no, we obviously. No, we obviously talked about it. Like the, you know, it was, we we are very extremely upfront with our relationship, and it's always full disclosures with no reservations. So, um, not really. People have like came to me and asked, and I just like I kind of just shrug and you know trying to yeah 
play cool, but yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. But um, I don't know why I thought of um, you know, when Kanye West lived in Nanjing when he was uh, a kid, you know, a toddler, and he later um talked about that experience. He was like, "Yeah, he gets so much attention. Everyone wants to say hi to me. Want to take a picture." It's like I. I just want to be a star and I kind of just wanted that feeling to last, but that yeah. that's definitely not where I'm at though. I'm um, <laughs> def- uh, a little less not narcissistic than that, but, um, but still like it's, it's, we get intention, you know, we, we sometimes, especially in the States, yeah. I don't know if, if it's true in China, but we get like better service when you go to, um, Restaurants and whatnot. In the states or in China? In, well, or both? Would you say? It's like other people are curious too. Maybe. Mm. Hmm. I think also one of the curiosities, at least in America too, which I think is, I mean, I feel like I'm about to say something like really interesting that people don't usually address, but like the couple, you know, we always um. Like, I, I guess I'll take it back to like in the beginning of the relationship one night, um, Hao Chang was like saying, okay, I think it's time for us to have the conversation. I was like, what conversation? You know, I, I just totally wasn't thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And he just looked at me and he said, there's not very many couples like us. Are you prepared for that? Like it was kind yeah. of like, because, and I didn't think about that, but that was also my ignorance, I think, like as a white person, I suppose, you know, like not having to think about these things here, like in America, because I am like, because of my skin color, because of who I am, like I, I'm able to like, just have those things. Like mm-hmm. I don't notice them, you know, mm-hmm. but um, you really opened up my eyes to like what, what this could come with. And I think, I don't know. It almost felt like you were like checking like the thickness of my skin. Yeah, for sure. Cause definitely. Cause that's important. Cause you know, um, uh, if you look back in American history, you know, Virginia, uh, V love is not that f- long ago. And, you know, uh, and it used to be a crime to marry interracially. And, the Supreme Court uh, came to the decision where it is actually the Caucasian man's right to marry interracial, to marry um, other ethnic woman. And, you know, that's the angle the court took. You know, being an attorney, that that's very striking to me. And, um, and there's something that's very important for us to think about. And, and I felt like it's important for me to address but you know it's unfortunate that we have to address that mm-hmm. and um yeah in in this day and age but you know that's not necessarily a bad thing some of my really patriotic american friends think you know when i talk about the racial issues i'm criticizing america a country that you know offered me so many opportunities which well it's true that I'm sometimes um, I'm being critical, but at the same time, you know, it's important for us to recognize the the issue, so we can be better. 
in uh, at addressing the the problem. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely been some. I mean, and since having that conversation too, I mean, like, like you said, it's unfortunate that we even have to have that conversation, but it is important to be aware of. Um, I mean, and it's been, I can think of a few different times that it was important to be aware of. If I wasn't aware of it, I think it would have caught me blindsided. I mean, there's been a couple, we don't need to go into them, but there's been like different times where um, we've had remarks made towards us or there's stairs um, and it all depends on where you are too, or there's been remarks made towards him about me, um, or different things like that. And, and it's been interesting to navigate that. Um, and to kind of, yeah, because, because me alone walking down the street, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't experience racism in any capacity. I wouldn't experience like anything like that, if that makes sense. But being together, like whatever happens to him happens to me, you know? And, and then I'm just as emotionally invested into it as anyone else would be, um, who, who has those experiences firsthand alone as well. Yeah, totally. And that's when I said that, do you think being in an interracial relationship put you in a place where you have to explain? I mean, it's nice that you don't have to explain because your families are very open about it. So it's nice that you don't have to explain to them. But I feel like all these stares, all these type of yeah, even it, curiosity it, 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 can be seen as like they're expecting something. Definitely. It's, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, people can make you feel like you're out of place very mm-hmm. easily. You know, it's 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 hard for people who never experienced it to um to understand what it is like i I have to explain to my friends you know the luck you get and you just you know the luck you get that you you just know as as a minority in america you know Mm -hmm. even even as an asian asian person i'm I'm sure that you know unfortunately you know i haven't been the subject of discrimination, but living in have have lived in um, in Utah as well as in um, relatively rural parts of Montana. There's definitely um, first people being ignorant, I- ignorant, and you just kind of know, you know, whether people are trying to maliciously um, make a comment that's intent to be hurtful, or people just they simply don't know. They simply don't know, you know, they 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 just curious they just mm-hmm. you know they're they're friendly and they just want to talk to you and yeah definitely, and- definitely a little bit of both yeah and what was my job is actually funny because some people you know when especially the ones that don't know my background would just assume that i don't know anything about montana but not knowing that i actually spent you know a good part of my life in this day and definitely understand the way of living here is just probably even surprising to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to, I, I really, I want to dive into that um, for a second. I, I, I mean, maybe that this is the point in the conversation where we take it back to when you first came to the United yes, States. I was about to say um, the same thing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I love that you brought that up because that is very, very true. There are lots of times when you come home from work and, and you, you explained to me that you feel like, a lot of people just don't get it that you have been around here for a while. You know about um, um, 
these, the state and, yeah. and everything like that. So, I mean, you came to the United States when you were 15 years old. Um, and I would love for you to take us back to that moment when you first stepped foot in America. What was it like and, and what were you feeling? And did that experience prepare? I'm sorry. This question just sounds like a, like couple bullets to you, but I guess at the end of the day, we just really try to see, did that experience of being different when you were 15 years old in like Wisconsin prepare you to become the person that you are today? Absolutely. Um, for, for better or for worse, you know, um, <laughs> but, um, overall, I think o- overall is definitely beneficial. So as, as you guys have, s- said um i came to the states when i was 15 15 years old um i was first in uh wisconsin in a small town it's wisconsin um in fond du lac um it's a very small town if you know you know and i was in fond du lac Uh, the french name means uh, Uh, bottom of the lake oh got it um bottom of lake winnebago but this is a very small town and i went to this um um, this private school there, and um, it, the overall the, the the school experience was okay. I was involved in uh, sports and made a bunch of friends. And uh, my my host family was um was not a fortunate experience mm. to say the least. Um, you know, they were um um. Definitely, they were on Social Security and probably SSI, um, and uh, DI. But um, the 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 the, <laughs> um, the living standard was low. Let's say the least. I always tell people, um. After my first year in Wisconsin, I um, came to Montana, Missoula, Montana, and it was a great experience. My host family was great. I really fell in love with the state of Montana. Uh, learned to fly fish, to ski, and just basically fell in love with the state and the Rockies. And to relate back to my experience in Wisconsin, one time um, I was in the grocery store shopping with my uh montana host family and we're uh we're cruising by the frozen food aisle and i noticed um the banquet dinners in the frozen aisle frozen food aisle and they were like 88 cents a piece and i was i was in a shock i was like why are these so cheap like Mm -hmm. you know these are under a dollar i mean and that's what I ate basically for an entire year in Wisconsin. <laughs> mm. Wait, so you, we were saying yeah. that you were in the grocery store with your host family in Wisconsin instead of uh, you, Mon- you Montana, like Montana. the the year oh, later, because I, I never, yeah, because I never went shopping with them before. Oh, I see. So basically, they don't treat you. They didn't treat you really well. They didn't treat themselves very well either. Oh, I like, see. Okay, got <laughs> it. Granted, the the basic. Um, I I don't want to sound like. No, I mean, pretentious or like overprivileged, no. but like, I just don't think that's a very nutritious way of eating. Yeah. It's not, it's not for you. And, Let's just say that. And a lot, and a lot of it is, is ignorance. It's not yeah. just like they don't have money. They, they don't know. They mm-hmm. don't understand. 
um, there's this one time um, my host mom in Wisconsin was driving me to school and we came to this stop because um, the train was going through and she asked me, she's like, hey, um, um, have you ever seen trains before? <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, and I just straight up told her I haven't. I was like, wow, was like, they're so cool, man. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like Iron Horse. <laughs> this is gonna make such great quotes. Oh, yeah, the, great the, see, see those experience, those story. Yeah, and, and I, I think I'm truly blessed with those kind of experience because most people, a lot of people, wouldn't have. Um, yeah. Um, right now, for what I do, a lot of my, a lot of people I deal with are. Um, um, maybe in that so same or worse socioeconomic mm-hmm. group uh, class or class, and I can to a certain extent I can relate to their circumstance and mm-hmm. um what they're dealing with, and um and I think that was a that was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. And especially after I have lived with like a more middle class family in uh in, in Missoula in Montana, I I can more relate, you know, to kind of like a uh different kind of um, um experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you know, in law school in Utah, I uh, met the Cree West of the world, and <laughs> that was that was a whole new d- different experience uh, in itself. But uh. Yes, yeah, so, so I kind of, yeah, I don't want to say I've seen it all. That's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's I have experienced it. I have different, I I have experienced different shades of America. I love that. And after all, you know, I think, you know, Amy being uh, a New York resident, you know, be able to live out here in Montana is truly. Uh, no, I'm so fantastic. not. No, I, I'm. I don't. I no. New York is different. I. I think. I think my experience is just a resemblance of the life that I had in China, which is like, it's similar in a sense. But I do think yours is interesting because you definitely, by default, experienced America in more depth than I did, and I. I wonder how did that experience change turn you. Like make you more quote unquote America. Uh, what do you mean by westernized? Also, like the second question would be, what do you mean by westernized when you talk about you know your okay. family and your parents? Sure, sure, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, honestly, a lot of uh, a lot of about America is uh, freedom. You know, free mm-hmm. free public land. On uh, the interstate highway system, which afforded people to travel, and you know um, the various movements and um, the outdoor activities, mm-hmm. the access, the and all that, you know, I have a lot of um, friends in the outdoor industry. They live in their vans and their. Uh, 
out there climbing rocks, ski mm-hmm. mountains, and live that, you know, a truly a uh, pretty free lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, that attracts me a lot, the ability to do that and um, the amount of it's kind of interesting because speaking of that, you know, that that amount of social freedom is also afforded in China, but also um, the the political freedom, I guess. And I was able to witness it firsthand in Helena and see how Helena, um, photos don't know, is the um, capital of Montana. And I worked there during a state legislative session and able to see the um, – the sausage making process as they say Mm -hmm. but able to kind of uh learn and um and witness it firsthand Mm -hmm. um, was was pretty incredible kind of kind of um later that experience really uh driven me to go to law school eventually and uh, dedicated my career um to public service but um, speaking of um, going back to what I mentioned, my family is westernized. You know, obviously my grandpa, he's a um, yeah. internal medicine physician and, you know, he practiced Western medicine. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, he, uh, he came to, he came to America um, in the end of um, 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this story can go, go on so, so many different kind of ways, but, uh, he eventually, he, he will return back to China mm-hmm. and, uh, and the American experience that, that, that was kind of like, uh, um, interesting time in the Chinese history. And my grandpa mm-hmm. kind of saw America in that era and he was pretty, pretty, pretty fascinated mm-hmm. with, how developed America is, um, not only, um, you know, medically, because he was at um, University of Southern California Hospital, mm-hmm. and wow, really? Their, yeah, their, their equipment. He he was a visiting scholar. Uh-huh. He was he he saw the um, equipment and the level of training and um, the doctors were at and. Um, he visited some of the um, the homes of the mm-hmm. physicians you were working at, and of course they were living in like beautiful homes. And one thing my grandpa always uh, always talked about is uh, he had dinner at the uh, president of the hospital's home one night, and had this mile long driveway. And he's like so astonished with the automatic garage door opener. Mm-hmm. And he still talks about this today. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, the automatic garage door opener. So I did, yeah. He didn't even know those existed. But, it, you know, f- from that point on, I felt like there's definitely the admiration and, uh, for, for the West. And, yeah. you know, my, and, and, and it's kind of crazy. It's, it's kind of conflicted because my grandpa, um, is a member of the CCP and, mm-hmm. you know, he was a, uh, Korean War veteran. Oh, okay. Um, on the medical side and. Oh, okay. And the, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, so that, that's another story. So, but it's a very interesting story. My grandpa was born in, um, 
31 mm-hmm. and um, basically lived a part of his youth through uh, Japanese occupied China mm-hmm. in uh, Hunan province. And as the youngest of eight child, eight children, he uh, was the most educated. He went, he was able to go to high school. Mm-hmm. And once he graduated high school, he committed himself to the CCP and uh they he he's his his ideal um setup basically was route or career was to become a pilot um an air force pilot but they were like oh um you had pretty good grades uh, in high school so we're going to send you to medical school and he didn't like that at first mm. but you know, he still talks about this today. Some of his classmates who went on and became pilots um, were, were essentially shot down uh, during Korean War. And there's like historical data that uh, most of the Chinese pilots were shot down during Korean War. So it's kind of interesting if that, if he would have become a pilot, then I might likely i wouldn't have been here Mm -hmm. but because he went to medical school he had a very successful um medical practice um and um and i think because of him because of the fact that he was a western medicine practitioner and a lot of his generation was uh received very little education so he was definitely an intellect and that you know he I don't want to say maybe admire, maybe I'll use the word admire, admire the, the American way, I guess. And my, my father, he was actually, um, he did a lot of sailing. He was, he was actually a sailing. um, He was an athlete, um, a a Chinese nationally sponsored athlete in sailing. And through um, when he was young and he did a lot of uh, races, regalas, um, was a lot of the um, foreign sailors, and so he's kind of have um, basically had exposure mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, um, and my mom, she um, worked a job that's um, had a lot to do was um, um, basically she worked in um, the. Um, the, the the customer the custom protection in China, mm-hmm. uh, they're a visa issuing agency, basically mm-hmm. an immigration agency, and she so she had a plenty of exposure, and she was the one actually uh, found the opportunity uh, or realized the opportunity that you know I can come to America for um, high school exchange program. Mm-hmm. That's what I did eventually in Wisconsin. Long story short, I guess. Mm-hmm. Was there any conversations around, um, like, I mean, you were 15 at the time when your parents made that decision. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what was the conversation between the three of you as far as you coming here and being away from them at such a fundamental time in, in your younger years? What Were you open to it? Were they completely open to it? Or what was that like? Uh, definitely. I was very open to it um you know like you know that's just 
um, speaks into the the soft power of American cultural. And you know, as a fifteen year old, I was um, deeply embedded in uh, the National Basketball Association <laughs> and you know American movies and music. Um, I was listening to Eminem a lot at the time, so <laughs> still, you know. But um, basically, the conversation was that you know this is a good opportunity. We know it's it's going to be a good opportunity, and uh, eventually, I could um, graduate from American high school, and it was uh, it was interesting. Is a uh, is a visa technicality uh, for my first year. Um, that's probably too much information for the listeners, but first, for my first year in the States in high school, I was a J1 visa and then I switched to an F1 visa even until now. Um, but um, anyways, but the, 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 the story was that um, my, my my mom was uh, the one that's basically pushed it the hardest. You know, she was mm-hmm. the dry, the major force behind this. And you know, looking back, I think it's probably a a a, gr- a great decision because you have you think about it. You know, in China, the you know Amy can talk about it too. The the competition is pretty stiff for. Mm-hmm. Um, the mission of higher education. So, uh, realistically, you, you you know you'll be be difficult for me to um, get into the Peking University of the Tsinghua Universities of the world. And mm-hmm. if I just you know stayed in China and participated in the um, the higher education admission exam, but. And like a lot of people who did the same thing I did, you know, we thought probably, you know, this is another way out. And honestly, you know, it, it was a, it was a, it was a huge privilege, and it's important to recognize, you know, a lot of people didn't have this privilege; they did not have this opportunity, and I did, and I did, and um, and is and I'm pretty grateful. And but um. You know, same goes with with the education. You know, we all received you know, a lot of people who um, are a lot less fortunate to had those experience and able to have that kind of understanding that we did or we do. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I mean, do you, after being in the U.S. for so many years, um, what 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 are some parts that remained in, unchanged uh, uh, for you and integral for you as a Chinese? And do you define yourself as someone who, you know, kind of in between or now, you know, as you are having a job and now you get married in the States with American, um, you know, yeah, how do you identi- see yourself now? Identity wise, you know, I'm always going to be Chinese no matter what ethnically. Um, but, um, oh, you know, obviously a lot of things do change. Mm-hmm. Um, something that never changes, you know, my appetite, 
for, yeah. for Chinese yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. That's that's never gonna change, obviously. And being here in Montana is kind of a struggle because it's hard yeah. to get certain ingredients uh, unless you you know we take advantage of the internet, of course. Um, it's it's kind of funny. I hand this picture of uh Guan Yu in my uh-huh. office, and that yeah. that's a very very Chinese thing. Uh, you know, he's basically the symbol of just and you know and. I kind of use him as a reminder to me to, you know, do just and, you know, especially with my, with my job being a uh, prosecutor. Um, and that spells into um, what remained the same is my, mm-hmm. my identity and the cultural identity. And, you know, I'm always going to understand certain things uh, differently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the cultural identity also afforded me to look at things uh, in two different lenses, I can um, looking at something in you know, American expe- perspective, and I can also look at something you know, in a uh, more Chinese um, perspective with like more Confucius or the Taoist um, well, way of thinking the the lenses. Not 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 saying that like you know to that level, but you know with that kind of perspective at least. Mm. Interesting. Do you think that being able to see things from both sides have benefited you as a prosecutor in the states, and how? If so, how so? Or do you have any um, experience that you can offer? Uh well, I less so is my job currently, right. um, But you know, a lot of it has to do, you know. At, say in law school you know that that the the different perspective really comes in uh handy to understand you know different perspectives and whatnot and why certain people make certain decision or yeah um certain you know decision was reached by the justices and um and you know and also the implied biases you know that yeah. we all have and was the different kind of perspective, the different lenses you can, I kind of can sometimes detect my own uh, implied biases in certain certain areas. Yeah, well, so basically it helps you being able to understand two culture help you immensely in understanding differences in all circumstances. Yeah, um, I, 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 I think I can agree to that. And also, like, that's kind of the magic of a law school because the law school really, sh- um, it's especially the common law education, um, they really show you some very extreme scenarios. So you, uh, you, you develop a pretty high tolerance mm-hmm. and, and you know where the high tolerance is. And through statute, you know where the low boundary is and you have a very, um, large area that you can operate in <laughs> that's um one, one of the chinese attorney once taught me that and i think that's very interesting and that kind of mix up with the um the two cultural perspectives yeah definitely you have a larger definitely a larger boundary to operate in yeah uh-huh. yeah wow well i 
What do I say? Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) I was just amazed because one thing that I always heard when people attending law school as a Chinese student, it would be like parents or or relatives asking you, um, so if you study American law, will you understand Chinese law in any way? I mean, I guess it's a more law school professional related question, but I think this is like the fundamental people are like, what? Oh, uh, man, like... You know, people who ask those kind of questions doesn't understand how um, how law works. Yeah. You know, because, like, you know, nothing new under the sun. You know, all mm-hmm. the laws that's being around have been around, I guess, except cybersecurity laws. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. That's different. But not to get technical, um, the, the, the legal philosophy and the legal ideologies are very a very similar from you know one system to another mm. one of the larger differences is uh technically china is still uh statutorial and uh, in america you know obviously common law system except in louisiana and but if you get if you receive like um the 3 years of juris doctor education mm-hmm. like a lot of chinese Mm-hmm. people are doing nowadays you know the was the increase of communication despite the current set uh setback mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities and got you know, it in, in china as a country can certainly use uh more american or common law educated attorneys that understand you know, the common law system as well as, you know, be able to be and be able to work in the Chinese uh, legal system. But um, something that's really interesting is um, China does not allow people who are um, foreign citizens to practice law in China. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't have any plans to um, get my job. Uh, licensing China at this point and uh, but yeah if if you I mean <laughs> a, a law professor once told us that um, law should be your last reservation if you uh, if you can do anything else you know if you're good with your hands if like you can do uh, woodwork or anything um, don't go to law school and I, I I think there's wisdom in that. I can't can't completely deny that the the the, the truth in that. But also, um, law school is a great education. I think because it teaches you a lot and in different disciplines. And you know, you get this really powerful license. Basically, you know, you can do whatever you want with it and uh, do a lot of good to uh, the people around you or your clients potentially and uh, yeah and also like um contrary to china you know america allow people of all backgrounds to practice law Mm -hmm. Um, although you have to pass the fitness and character test but um that's not difficult Mm -hmm. for most people when you were um i mean did you always know you wanted to go into law and did you ever think that you would um, you would go to law school here in the States and practice law in the States? 
Good question. Um, I think, you know, I was definitely influenced by my parents. They um, <laughs> were um, hoping that I would take him th- I would take this route. And, you know, it was funny because my dad, when I was choosing uh, which discipline I was going to be taking in undergrad, and my dad was like, study law, study law. And I had to like really explain to him like that. Look, like I can't do that. There's no undergraduate law. <laughs> Uh, studying America like that's after you have graduated but uh, it's interesting because I took this job uh, in the mid midwest after graduating from Montana with my uh, background in uh, in working doing the legislature Um, but midwest was not what I was expecting I did not enjoy it and um I thought my way to get out of it is to go to law school, go back to school. And I prepped really hard for the LSAT and um, took the exam twice and was uh, lucky to get into uh, University of Utah. And um, the law school experience was interesting. Um I think I'll just I'll just leave it there, you know. Um if you know, you know. Um there's a lot of there's a lot of hard work involved and a lot of um struggling and uh perseverance. But um you know, if you pass the bar exam, there's really no complaint. <laughs> yeah, but uh I think it's good. Um, and I was really, I'm, I'm really thankful for this job I have because it was just very eye opening and, uh, it's very interesting. It's, oh, I don't think a lot of lawyers can truly say that they love their job, but I like what I do. It's fast paced. Um, we, um, we had an opportunity, uh, to stay in Salt Lake City and, um, potentially make make more money i would say and you know is have access to more of a metropolitan uh area but uh in the end you know we decided uh, that's not that's not worth it this you know the quality of life in montana is really unparalleled by you know any place in the world uh I don't want people like to hear that and start like looking to moving here. But <laughs> it's there, the there's place. there's no available real estate. You're gonna realize, yeah. you know, is everyone is trying to move out here, so it's But um, you know, and and I feel like we were, you know, our generation, Amy and I's generation is truly, really fortunate, you know, because we experienced that fast, rapid economic growth in China and we were benefited through it. And we, you know, uh, received really quality education, was able to see the world and understand a lot better than uh, previous generations or had more opportunities than they had. And and we, we, we kind of um, do see things and think a little different. It's, 
be it'd be a lot difficult, I think, for uh, people who studied in America in the '90s or the '80s to make this to able to make decisions like we did to like you know take a pay cut to go to a more rural area. And yeah, I don't know um, what's the merits in that, but. <laughs> Do you feel, I mean, this is maybe a question, I think this is a question for both of you. Um, having said that about your generation of, of Chinese people, like how do you, do you think, how do you think your generation in the way that um, it moves through the world and, and kind of operates against the, a lot of the cult- cultural norms, yeah. um, how do you think that shapes China in the future? And how do you think that I mean, ultimately shapes the world then after having shaped China in the way that it does. Yeah. I think, again, I, w- I would just take this question first and quick. Um, I think we only represent a very small amount of Chinese people. Although there's an economic surge, is not for everyone. Even though there is like life quality increased a lot for the majority of the people, but it doesn't mean that everyone can afford going abroad. So I believe that Hao Chong mentioned that too. You know, it's it's right. it's definitely a privilege. And for those who went abroad, I think the epiphany um also didn't happen to everyone. It wasn't mm-hmm. like everyone uh can have the same can e- essentially or eventually find the happiness that they were looking for because it seemed like Houghton really found who he is by staying in the States. Like, you know, he's a very outdoorsy guy and he's very open towards new culture. And mm-hmm. even after all these setbacks, he still, you know, he found his way. He's fine. He's a okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, me personally, I wouldn't know if I would still stay here after all that, all that if, if anyone treated me and, in that way i don't know if i still if for me it wouldn't be worth it because i'm by no means outdoorsy in any possible way so Mm -hmm. um i think it really depends on individuals and going back to the question what did it do to the chinese to china as a country i think just from my person personality uh, from my personal view um i think the existence of people like us really i can't represent the entire country but just for me that really ignited my curiosity to go deeper into the topic of identity because we never thought about it before. Mm-hmm. We're a part of the huge family. We're a part of, you know, this entire generations. But then mm-hmm. going down to detail, not everyone it's the same. Yeah, not everyone has a great experience. Um, but what is good though is that um I we 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 have this conflicted feelings and we see what's going on outside of our comfort zone. And no matter if it's a good experience or a bad experience, having that option or having that realization, it's in itself a very good thing. So mm-hmm. I do think that for the first time in a long time, identity is no longer a question that only migrant country can discuss. I think a lot of developing countries or just people from different places who have experience of traversing in between cultures can dive into this topic. And I think that's a privilege and that's fun. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Do you have anything to say on that? Yeah, I agree with Amy, but 
um i think i think it's great you know people in china has been you know um lived um in the past at least being a very closed environment and you know with the surge of um economic development more people like Amy and I were able to go abroad and experience different cultures and understanding um, the quote unquote western way but I think what's most important is that it's going to help facilitate conversations and facilitate um, a increased level of understanding of not just you know one side but from from bi uh bipolarly from both sides and it's gonna facilitate that increased uh, level of understanding mm-hmm. and which i think is gonna is, is helpful and you know it's um but right now in this day and age it's kind of hard to see it was um kind of the anti-globalization movement but I think in the end it's gonna you know, at least to from a very pure um commerce point of view, um the better understanding of another culture is always helpful to um conduct com- commercial activities. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, I I really wanna ask Meg though, um about, you know, marrying someone who's very different fundamentally like it's because he has been in america for a long time Mm -hmm. um so you know it's it's the same with me too right i understand america more so than like maybe my partner or like my friends know about china right it's all it's it's like there is a power difference there uh, like it or not so i think i wonder what is it like for you to uh, experience this whole thing I, I think we mentioned that a lot but i i mean you know since we're yeah. yeah i mean it is interesting i i think like in the beginning when i met hao Chang, i it wasn't really something that crossed my mind as far as like mm-hmm. as far as like um just knowing that being even being friends with him yeah is stepping into another culture um or but at the time when i when i met you like you had already been here for so long that you you knew your way around in in both cultures and um and so i don't know there was like there was this common even though there's so many differences there is this common ground between us Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, I can totally I, see it actually. By the way, yeah, like yeah. there's this huge common ground, like a lot, like yeah. a lot more expansive than I than I think anyone would think um, yeah. between us, because there is so many differences. I mean, we were yeah. raised in like completely opposite cultures, yeah. like um, language wise, um, it's just it's a totally different ball game, you know. Like as a, as um, an English speaker, yeah, trying to learn Mandarin. Yeah. I mean, it's just a totally different experience than learning any other um, language, you right. know, and yeah. I had only really learned like Latin languages or, yeah. Yeah. you know, before. So, I mean, there's that, but I mean, all in all, like we really, 
as we've been together, I mean, even, even when we were just friends, um, there was always this, just this, I don't know what it was. I just think that there's always been just this curiosity between the both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but also as we've been together and as we've grown in our relationship, we say this all the time, how we just feel like we're so alike, mm-hmm. um, which is very, very interesting. I, looking at the circumstances, looking at who both of us are, it, it's it's almost mind blowing to me that two people can be born and raised across an ocean, yeah, and still be so much alike. And I yeah. think that that's something that can speak to, um, like who, like the human race in general. Like we're all so much more, we're more similar than we are different. And I truly believe that that quote by Maya Angelou. You know, we are more alike than we are different, and that's something that I always keep in mind, like in life and in my relationship too. Um, because I don't know, I I, I think like once we, you get to talking to somebody and, and how Chang, when I met you and I, I mean, the conversations that I used to have with you is something that really drew me in as well, because there was just this, I don't know, again, like that exploration of the common ground, but I, I will, I want to share a story too, that I think really touches on something much larger at play too. Um, there was this one night during my first trip to China and we were having dinner with, um, some family friends and, um, some of Hao Chang's family, family friends. And I was again at another dinner table without Amy, but, um, it was very, what I learned after, um, you know, I learned a lot having that first dinner with you, um, and kind of learning the, you, you showed me the ropes basically. And after that, I knew my way around a dinner table, um, pretty well in China. Um, and there was this one night where we were, um, for those who don't know, like in China, when you have dinner, there's a lot of cheersing. There's a lot of, there can be a lot of drinking. Sometimes there can be, there's always a lot of food. Um, but the individual who hosted the dinner, um, called Hao Chang and I over to cheers. And he said, this right here, this is what this is what the world needs. And it starts here with the both of you Mm -hmm. um, bringing two very misunderstood cultures and countries together. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily consider America being misunderstood. I think China is more misunderstood in America's eyes. And then there's probably some more, there's a lot of misunderstanding probably from both sides, but um, that was the moment when he said that it starts with us and it starts and it, and it, um, it, it really, this is where it happens, that connection, you know, and that this is where the bridge is built basically. Um, and that was a really big turning point for me because I, um, I, I felt like it was so much larger. It was yeah. so much larger than just us being in this relationship. Yeah. Um, and, and I truly feel that I feel that like in my friendship with you as well. And so, has a very long winded answer <laughs> to your question, but it is, it's, it's been a learning experience, yeah. but it's also been a really impactful experience. And one that, I mean, it's not even just an experience anymore. Like it is my, it is my way of life. It's, it's my life. And I think there's always been an element of me that has, has, um, looked for that in yeah. life, that being the bridge, if that makes sense. And, and looking 
to understand people and cultures and places that are that are unknown to me. Totally, totally. No, that's a really good answer because I'm just writing things down while you're telling me this, because I found it so fascinating that I wonder for how Chung and someone who dated cross culture、uh, and ended up marrying someone who's a cross culture.、Um, What is it like, and what kind of responsibilities that you have to, you feel like you are taking on, or giving up, or not giving up, or more like kind of avoid by dating someone who's different from your culture? For example, for my example,、um, I know it's a very you know long question, but I think when I talk to Meg about dating someone who is not from China,、um, my responsibility, the added on. Extra responsibility that that I have to take on. It's number one, interpreter.、Um, <laughs> um, number two, I have to explain things why it happened.、Um, sometimes I almost like to the fault that I feel like I'm, I committed a mistake.、Um, <laughs> thirdly, <laughs>、um, like I have to take on the responsibility of like you know introducing people who are different in, from a cultural perspective to my own culture. So like a tour guide. Uh, and the responsibility that I can avoid, which is you know, I found someone who can truly understand who I am,、um, who can allow me to be who I am,、uh, and I don't need to explain myself to him,、uh, right. and I like I don't need to you know do all the houseworks and whatever. Like I'm not expected to do that,、uh, mm-hmm. but I'm also expected to you know to just make a living out of myself. That's that saying, like to be responsible for myself to my share. So yeah, I'm just wondering, like for you as a guy,、um, what are your, you know, gain and loss in that regard? Ah,、uh, I think a lot of the experiences are kind of similar,、um, interpretation, and yeah, learning, but also, you know, that's just how it is, you know. Yes. Being, yes. Ah,、uh, just. Part of the, but but also you have to look at the bright side, you know. Is, right.、Uh, having someone who you can share a different kind of culture with. Yeah, it's can, so much more fun. And yeah, yeah, I agree.、Um, and there's also a lot of、um, possibility. Yes. Yes.、Um, yeah. Well, like as far as like. The housework and all that stuff goes. I don't think that's cultural. That just depends on the person. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. No, I tend to blame it on the culture, but I totally agree. Culture can be the answer for everything. Yeah. 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 Well, you you have to you have to realize, you know, women are. Chinese women are most likely to work out of you know, any countries in the world. True, and you no, know, it's pretty fascinating. And yeah, yeah. I mean, when you realized you were you wanted to be with me, was there a part of you that felt like you were making a trade off, though? Oh yeah. And oh, <laughs> with the life lived between two cultures. Yeah, I would say so. I But like, I, you know, there's always trade off to anything. That's、know? true. But I, I look at the positivities and the right side. And、uh, I mean, is that hard for you though? Sometimes the trade off. I mean, what do you feel like you're? I mean, I don't. I felt like you opened up more opportunity and more, uh, more doors than 
you know, then, yeah. then they're not, then, then, yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, one obvious, I always try to put myself in your shoes in these kinds of situations. I mean, a really obvious thing with our wedding, for example, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing was what we had anticipated it would be. Um, and one of the biggest anticipations for our wedding would have, would be, would be that at least at the very least, how Chang's parents would have been there. Um, and I mean, this was, that's, that's a trade-off. I think one of the biggest trade-offs for you is that like you're here and they're there and you don't get to see them all the time. Oh yeah. Um, um actually speaking of the trade-off, one of the things is pretty, it's kind of, um, cultural is kind of interesting is, uh, my parents and I, we talked about it and then like I mentioned to them that Meg is going to change her last name, mm. and, you know, because we don't do that in China anymore, you know, like mm-hmm. even my grandma, my, they all kept their maiden names since mm-hmm. changing last name is not a thing anymore. And they were like kind of astonished for a second that, you know, name changing is kind of uh, more symbolic than anything, but. Well, and on on that note too, I mean, I was one of those people before I met you, and even maybe when we were still dating in the beginning too. I I had no anticipation of changing my last name. I wanted to be, and and when I found out that you don't do that in China anymore, I was like, well, this is perfect, you know, like this this fits yeah. like what I want, and then it also satisfies so, the culture. You have to change which is, your name in the states, right? Yeah, and it's. I, and it's not that I necessarily don't have to, but I ultimately ended up, I made the personal decision to do so, if that makes sense. Um, and this goes back to identity. You know, I always, I always had, I always had a, I I didn't like the idea when I was younger of changing my last name because I felt like I'm losing a part of me and I never wanted to do that. And so, um, I found a compromise in this situation, but I think ultimately my decision came down to that I want to, feel like I want us to be a unit, if that makes sense here in America. I want, and then also for the purpose of of having a a family down the road and, and just all being together in this with the same name and, and all of that. Um, but I am, I'm still keeping my last name as my second middle name. It's not something. So I I feel very fortunate in the sense that it wasn't expected of me in my relationship to change my last name. Cause I feel Mm -hmm. like in some American relationships that that's a big thing. If, if a woman were to ever say, I'm not going to do it, that could potentially spark a, yeah, it could, it could spark some, some conflict. Um, but in our relationship, if I had said that, I mean, the thing is, it's, 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 um, it's mind blowing that I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) which is interesting, you know, so it's, it's totally the opposite. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really feel fortunate in the sense that I got to do that on my own terms and make that decision. No, that's so interesting because when we thought that, you know, people may think not people just like, sometimes I may think, you know, marrying into a Chinese family, you may face a lot of like new challenges, but I would never, but then like, think about it. If I put it in the thought, you think about it again, it's so weird because the U S is the country that has been changing women's last name for ages. Right. And that's like, okay, all of that liberation, like all of that idea Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it all stopped until like you have to lose a part of yourself in order to be with someone else. Right. And 
I don't know. I mean, I guess it's not a cultural thing at the end. It's just, it really, right. yeah, there is no more advanced, more like, at the end of the day, it really depends on the individuals, I feel like. It does. It does. But it is interesting because I don't like being in this relationship and marrying who I married. I actually don't feel like there's any part of me that I'd have to give up if that makes sense as I would if I was in a relationship with an American, for example, in an American, in a relationship with American, I I definitely think if I was in that position, I would feel like there'd be a lot that I was giving up um, in marriage, which I think for a long time when I was younger, it wasn't a totally like the most attractive thing to me. Yeah. But then, I mean, they always say when you find the person, you find the person and you know, and, and it definitely happened in this, in this yeah. situation. You gonna inspire half of the world. You gain the other. Right. The and there, yes, there's so much to gain. And, and I felt like I've lost nothing, if that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like there are emotions. I mean, I heard not long ago there was, um, some, I can't remember who was telling me, but they said, yeah, I felt like I, I waited to change my name for a year because I felt like I was going to lose a part of me. Um, but they still did it. But I was, I was thinking so to sad. myself, man, that's sad. Yeah. yeah. And, and how fortunate am I? I mean, to have not, I feel like I don't have those feelings yeah. because I feel like I'm gaining so much, like you said, like through the yeah. culture and through, you know, and, and making, being able to make those decisions on my own terms from a and cultural also, perspective. I know. And I also heard, like, I, I remember how mind blowing, blowing it was when I, I remember I heard it the first time when I was in college, uh, freshman or sophomore. I heard that in the States, like women are supposed to pay for like the entire wedding. Yeah, that's another thing. That was an interesting thing. <laughs> woman's uh, family. Yeah. yeah, the woman's family, which is, it's, I mean, little things like that. I mean, yeah. we actually, and those are things like I didn't really think about, like when we yeah. were planning, planning our wedding and all of that. Um, but there were lots of conversations where Hao Cheng was asking me, like, so is it true that <laughs> that the woman's family pays for the whole wedding? Or I mean, because there's a whole bunch of cultural things that go along on the I'm opposite sure end in China. About it, or I shouldn't be like sad about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> because I mean in China, I know that you know, the 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 groom's parents pay uh, well, they used to, they pay a, a sum of money to the bride's family as like beforehand beforehand so yeah. there's this whole it's it's very I very interesting my my <laughs> i mean honestly we could do a whole separate episode yeah. on like the I different like the yeah. weddings situation yeah. Yeah. but um but i will say i mean like one of the things like i do think about like in terms of i mean we gained a lot but i think also like in how we had and how we did our wedding this year i mean for those that um I, I actually, I haven't really shared too much unless you're following me personally and, and you're in my circle. Um, we had to postpone our wedding, um, until next summer just because of COVID. Um, but I mean, who knows if, if that will even happen just because of everything that's going on. I just, we don't know when this is going mm-hmm. to end and that's the reality of the situation. And so it's hard to know how to plan for something that you can't necessarily plan for. Yeah. Um, but we did decide to move on with our marriage anyways this year. Yeah. Um, and in a completely unconventional way too. I mean, there was no officiant, there was no yeah. anything we'd, and it was kind of cool because we got to decide how it was going to be. Right. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And it was, it was very beautiful, very small. And I think it was the wedding that we 
that we would have wanted, mm. um, but wouldn't necessarily have chose, um, in a regular year. And, um, but I would say like one of the, one of the hardest things I think of it all, there was a lot of emotions. I mean, a wedding is super emotional anyways. Um, and there were many things, I mean, it came down to just the way like visa nuances and things like that. Like we had planned to be married this year anyways. And so we didn't plan for a visa to last longer and we yeah. didn't plan for those kinds of things. So it really shaped what we did. Um, and it came down to us, either we do it still this year or we're separated, physically separated potentially yeah. in the future, which is not something I personally was willing to gamble. Or not, yeah. Um, but it did come back with, it, it did come with these, um, these nuances where like you have a situation then where when you have both like two different families and one is across the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it really comes down to like situations where like, for example, like how Cheng's parents were not at the wedding. Um, That's crazy. Not even virtually. Yeah. Um, I mean, we saw them for a quick moment during the day, but it was one of those things where you never think that's going to be. And, and so like back to like one of my original questions to you too, is like, I mean, that's definitely a huge trade-off. And I, me personally, I couldn't imagine, I mean, maybe some other people could, but I couldn't imagine like being in your shoes and, or your shoes too, Amy, just yeah. like being so, so far away from family, um, during these times alone, but also for those, for those bigger moments. Mm -hmm. Well, does Hodra want to answer that? Uh, yeah, I think is it is what it is. Uh, I don't want to say too much about the, the pandemic and, but yeah, 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 no, don't, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. And I, I think it's funny because um, in my head, like, all the time I'm trying to justify it. You know, it's the pandemic. It's this, it's that. Things will go back to normal. But on the back of my mind, I couldn't help but think sometimes, what if this will be what the future looks like? Because right. I can always comfort myself by saying it is just a pandemic. But it could totally just be the reality in the future. That the right. majority of my life highlight moment, they will not be there. And right. I like that for their life, they try so hard to raise a kid. But in the end, the kid ended up being so far away from them. And I couldn't it's, so ask. It's, it's like a disservice. Yeah. It's like, is that what I want as a parent? That the kid that I, that I raise, I basically pushed him away. Yeah, eventually, but right. I also have to look at like you know you never know what's gonna happen next year, and that's true. No, I yeah. totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. And you know, I like know. seeing things on the bright side. Yeah, be, be optimistic. And, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, but it's 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 unfortunate. You know, make jokes about that. You know, my parents make the decision, and uh, but it's it's not true. They won't just simply just want the best. Oh, for sure best for us you know that's just simple well i i guess i want to ask you one last thing uh -huh. um i know i mean i guess it's twofold because you did go through and you you touched on it um and you're very 
humble, I think about the things that you have gone through. I think like Amy said, like, I feel like many other people, if they had even had a taste, I think of some of the things that you have gone through, like in your journey until now, they probably would have turned around and just gone back and said, it's not worth it. I know. And, um, I mean, and, and I feel like that's an understatement and I feel like, I, I mean, you, you shared some of it, like with the, what that experience in the grocery store and, and different things like that. Um, but knowing what I know, I know that's only touching the surface. And, um, but I, I guess was there, I have two questions. So this is the first one and I'll let you answer it and then I'll ask the, the last one. But, um, was there a moment when you questioned it all and you wanted to give up? Uh, definitely, definitely. But, um, and I realized, you know, how much work I have put in already, the opportunity costs that have incurred. I just, I just know that I have to stuck it through and, you know, and finish it up. But yeah, um, like everyone else, you know, I'm human. I definitely have thought of giving up and have tried to give up, but I'm glad I didn't and uh, certain things or certain people have pushed me back to the right track, including Ming. Oh, yeah. What's your second question? What's your second? I guess my second question is, is that um, we've gotten messages um, in response to our podcast just from from people who say that, oh, my gosh, like, I didn't know someone else was talking about this. Like, this is how I've been feeling in my own experience. And, um, it's really humbling for Amy and I in the sense that we, if, if we can help one per, if we can, if we can, um, help one person by feeling like they're less alone, mm-hmm. um, then we've done our job with this podcast. We say that mm-hmm. all the time. Um, but I guess, for the, for the foreign exchange student who's maybe 15 or 16, maybe even 17, who is in the middle of some strange town in the middle of America somewhere who might be listening to this right now. And maybe they're at that moment where they're like, what am I doing here? What, what is this all for? Should I just go, should I just give up? What advice would you give to somebody who's in that, that place in their story right now? Um, yeah, um, not just, you know, the, the exchange students, but I think it can go a lot broader to, you know, the people who see no hope for tomorrow or the people mm-hmm. who, uh, people don't understand you, don't understand your ways of living, don't understand that you're your, your desire yeah, to express yourself or what, whatever, you know, there's always hope, I think, um. I think it's always good to be stay positive and be optimistic and realizing that eventually does get better, Mm -hmm. you know, especially as a, as a, as a former law student, you know, go suffering through the three years of law school. um, I can honestly say that, you know, it eventually does get better once you're able to um, be able to be able to feed yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, at that point now oh, it does get better. Uh-huh. I love that. Do you have any last questions, Amy? Um, I think I think I'm good. I uh, I feel like, you know, Hao Chong is really one of the few people that I knew who integrate not integrate but who 
um, can easily travel in between culture yet and navigate through this entire journey throughout the years. And the fact that I met him in China instead of the States made me even believe it more that he has already been a part of it. And it's great because he established his career on top of it. And he married you. So, you know, half of the success already. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I totally, I couldn't imagine what it felt like for him when he was younger and going through all of these because he understood what was going on. But for me, as someone who got older and then navigating through it, I remember um, that there were a lot of circumstances. I just simply didn't understand that I was the different one. Um, and mm-hmm. that just gave me the realization afterwards in a hindsight that it mm-hmm. stood out. Like the guy that I dated for like a year and a half asked me one night, I was like, so do how much of like my conversation do you actually understand? Just give me <gasps> a number. Oh, you wow. know, that's like to the degree how I, how much I stood out. And it's kind of funny now because honestly, how could you date someone who just you doubt how much you understand what you talk about? <laughs> but like, good for you, man. But still, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do. I think we should bring more people like him, um, and just create the space that's it's in between. But it's fine. Thank you for yeah, coming you for on. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you for volunteering. It's like really fun talking to you. And thank you so much for sharing. I know it's, I know you're not like the most like upfront, like in your face kind of person. So I truly appreciate it. Oh, of course. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for bringing Meg to me, by the way. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> My pleasure. And the Spark is sponsored by Hao Chang Wong. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm waiting for that day to come. Please, one day. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Use your lawyer money. Sponsor there you go. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to join in on the conversation. Connect with us on Instagram at spark underscore podcast and Facebook at the Spark Podcast with Megan Amy or send us an email at hellosparkpodcast at gmail.com. And wherever you may be listening from, we hope you have the courage to be the spark. <laughs>